0: Welcome to Good Faith Reads. I'm Johnny Pierce, executive editor and publisher with Good Faith Media. Today, our podcast guest is the Reverend Kelly Belcher of Asheville, North Carolina. Kelly serves as a hospice chaplain after many years in congregational ministry. Thanks for joining us today, Kelly.
1: Glad to be with you, Johnny. Thanks for having me.
0: Kelly is the author of Nurturing Faith in Children, 52 Children's Sermons for the Church Year, published by Nurturing Faith, the book publishing imprint of Good Faith Media. Before we jump into our conversation, let's take a moment to express thanks to Carol Brown, an excellent copy editor and experienced children's minister, who pulled together the contents of this good book. Kelly wrote weekly children's sermons for Nurturing Faith Journal for many years, and now Carol has selected and edited 52 of those children's sermons for this volume. Kelly, several years ago, and I'm not sure exactly how many, I asked you to write these weekly children's sermons, and you graciously agreed to do so. What do you remember about getting started with this project, which we didn't intend to be a book at the time? And why did you consider writing these children's sermons for wider use than just your church to be a worthy effort?
1: Well, I was part of Baptist Today before it became Nurturing Faith and Good Faith Media, and it seems about 25 years ago. Um, when we were at the quarter century mark, we wanted to become innovative about how uh, things would go forward, and Tony Cartledge was writing excellent Bible studies at that point for adults. We were adding some youth material on a weekly basis, which followed the lectionary, like Tony studies, and we really wanted to add children's material to make it more comprehensive. Uh, The magazine Baptist Today had been on my table since I was in school and um, been nurturing faith and it hadn't really included much for children. And so I think we were excited to to add some children's material following the lection that would go along with those Bible studies and be more comprehensive. We also felt that it was our traditional Baptist church readership that would use these, but perhaps other people in other churches could also find them useful if they were comprehensive and lection-based.
0: Very good. Uh, Some churches uh, segregate children, youth, and adults in different worship services, yet you begin this book by stating there is nothing more wonderful than participating in the worship of God with children. Why so?
1: Well, I bet most of us did as little kids what I did. I bet you did a lot of climbing under, oh, my clock is my clock is dinging. I'm sorry, I'm gonna stop. All right. Because <laughs> my clock's dinging and it's gonna ding again in a minute. <laughs> I don't know if you could hear that. Let's start again. I bet most of us did what I did as a little kid in worship, climbing under the pews, seeing how many chairs and rows you could go under um, because worship felt like an adult thing. And it didn't really feel to me that the preaching or things that happened in worship were necessarily including me. And so um, I think our generation learned a little bit better how to include children and youth in worship. Um, We are more fully an, uh, an, an expression of the image of God when we are all ages. So the babies who are fussing, the kids who are asking questions and wanting a lollipop, the teenagers who are looking at their phones and the old men who are falling asleep and snoring, all of that is part of the body of Christ and the image of God. And having kids in worship really is good for all of us because their responses and their questions in worship help us remember who we are and help us remember what Baptist faith is, uh, is and how we practice and teach it, and it makes it fuller and richer for all of us.
0: Some churches have uh, ministers who lead the children's sermons and sometimes laypersons, and uh, what do you consider to be the important ingredients of an effective children's sermon?
1: That's a great question. And I think first, it's important for us to know the kids in front of us. We need to know who they are and what their experience is, where they've come from, if they ate breakfast this morning, if their parents are in the middle of a divorce. Uh, and also, we need to know kind of what their, uh, their learning has been so far about faith and about Christianity, about uh, theology, so we have a starting place knowing who they are. And then we need to love them. We need to really care about them. We need to remember that God loves them dearly, and we need to let God's love come through us to them so that when we're with them, they can feel that. And then we need to start with scripture. Whatever the scripture passage is that the, the preacher is using, it uh, can start with that. And if that, that's not good, if it's something really not, that you don't want to, to use with children, then find one that's sucks. Uh, uh, one of the lectionary passages for the day and start with scripture and whittle it down to one idea. There is more information in one little finger of the Bible than you can possibly present in one children's sermon. So whittling it down to one small idea and then giving kids a handle on that in a way that they can hear and understand and respond to. I think if you can do that, you've, you've really done a miracle.
0: So a one point sermon is a good thing.
1: A one-point sermon is appreciated by people around the world.
0: (laughs) Very good. Uh, What are the advantages of the weekly children's sermon following the church year?
1: Well, I think uh, it's easy for all of us at church and working with biblical material to stick to passages that are familiar and comfortable, that we like, uh, that we remember, that we know something about. Following the lection just keeps us from forgetting all the rest of the Bible that we don't know as well. It keeps us sharp and focused on our learning. And when we are learning something new, kids pick up on that and they learn something new too. Um, I think kids are real familiar with the Easter passages and with the Christmas passages. And we are all very familiar with having kids at the Christmas Eve service with the candlelight. We would never want to do that worship service without children in it. And in the same way, we need to never do the other passages of Scripture and the other parts of our worship year without including children. They need to learn all of it just like we do.
0: We'll be right back in 15 seconds with more of Good Faith Reads.
1: Good Faith Media, producer of this podcast, strives to be a leading resource for people of faith working for justice. Check out our news and opinion, videos and podcast publishing, and experiences at goodfaithmedia.org.
0: Welcome back to Good Faith Reads. Our guest today is Reverend Kelly Belcher from Asheville, North Carolina, the author of Nurturing Faith in Children, 52 Children's Sermons for the Church Year. What do you consider to be some of the basic theological concepts that you hope will be conveyed to children during times of worship, as well as a part of their overall spiritual formation? Then on the other hand, uh, what needs to be conveyed to adults in the congregation about the children in their midst?
1: Well, the children's sermon time is brief, but it can be used to teach just about everything we'd like to teach children. Faith is really only learned in relationship. And so not only are we saying ideas to children that we want them to remember, our our very presence with them and inclusiveness with them in the worship service teaches them that God loves them very much, that Jesus is for them and not just adults, and that they are part of the body of Christ and the church family. And these are ideas that kids pick up on, whether we convey them correctly or not. They're very sharp, they're very sensitive, and they'll they'll learn what we teach them. So we must be intentional about teaching them directly and indirectly who God is and that God loves them and includes them. And then we wanna teach them everything there is to know about what it is to follow Jesus. We want them to understand biblical material, to understand why we come into the sanctuary to worship together, what the symbols mean, what our theology is, what our particular beliefs are in our own congregations. Um, And we have to to convey to them that they aren't just add-ons. They aren't just a segment of the worship service that happens and then it's over and then it's all about the adults. We really, when we include children well, are thinking about the entire worship service from the perspective of every age group present. For adults, I think it's most important not to use the children's sermon time as an entertainment segment for adults. It's important that children don't get the idea they are a show for adults, even though I think at its best, the children's sermon can also be a way adults are gonna overhear and accidentally learn things that we want to focus um, our children's learning about.
0: Well, we all know that the children's sermon uh, is not what we would call a controlled environment. There's always uh, room for some element of surprise. Is there something from your own experience in leading children's sermons that still gives you a smile when you remember it and perhaps something that happened that was particularly gratifying to you?
1: Well, there are lots of accidental things that are funny and accidental things that are bittersweet or poignant or sad. Sometimes in the middle of a children's sermon, a child will pipe up and give me a piece of news that I didn't know. My granddad died yesterday. And, uh, and it changes the whole thing. And that's a surprise that, that must be handled very uh, very carefully and gently. Uh, other times uh, when you invite kids' responses, they are so honest and they are so, so shameless about what they say. One of my favorite ones was on Palm Sunday when I learned early on in a congregation I served as a children's minister and did many, many children's sermons for on this particular Palm Sunday, I learned that it's the only day of the year that it's okay to say the word ass in the sanctuary. And it became ass day. I hope we can say that on the podcast, (laughs) but that became something that kids remembered every year and they learned to appreciate Palm Sunday as much as Easter day. And then another really funny thing happened when we were pretending to have a wedding and the kids were standing at the altar so they could learn what a wedding was and that it's a worship service, just like other kinds of worship services. And I had a seven-year-old best man say to the seven-year-old groom as the bride came down the aisle, man, she's only got to be five or something. And it was just hilarious. The whole place broke out in laughter because, of course, you know, who wants to marry a five-year-old bride? So... Uh, they totally got to what a wedding is and they totally understood um, so many concepts about that, but their responses are unpredictable and always delightful. And isn't that one of the best things about worshiping God? Isn't it wonderful that when we are present with God in worship, unexpected, marvelous things can happen that change us. That's the whole point of worship. And so our children can give us that sometimes better than anybody else. I think,
0: and I think the
1: overall, very
0: I'm sorry. I interrupt overall. you. Go ahead.
1: No, I, I, I'm sorry.
0: No, overall,
1: the very best thing that ever happened to me in a children's sermon, and I may cry when I talk about this, uh, was my last one with a church. I served for a while as a children's minister. And I had been preaching weekly to these kids and I knew them well. And I said to them, now, this is my last children's sermon. What do you think? When you think about all of the things we've talked about in children's sermons all these years, what do you think would be the most important thing I could say to you today that would be appropriate as the last thing? And one sweet boy of mine looked up at me and said, Jesus lives. I'll never forget that because he taught me something I had to remember. That was so meaningful to me and that I had been part of their learning that and my learning it over again is priceless to me. Jesus lives and that's pretty much it in two words.
0: That's beautiful and it's a good reminder that we are often on the receiving end of uh, our ministries with children. So that's a wonderful, wonderful story. As noted in the subtitle, this book contains one children's sermon for each Sunday in the church year from the beginning of Advent through Christ the King Sunday. Kelly, you've been a vital part of what is now Good Faith Media for a long time, and we want to thank you for the many ways you have been so supportive and helpful, including writing these excellent children's sermons that are now available in book form at goodfaithmedia.org bookstore so thank you for all you've done and you continue to do. And thanks for joining me today and talking about the importance of nurturing faith in children.
1: Johnny, I'm so grateful to be part of Good Faith Media. So many wonderful experiences have been mine because you have allowed me opportunities like this. I'm grateful for you and the truth that you give us every day. Thank you.
0: Well, thank you. And we also want to say thanks to Monica Vaughn of. Greensboro, North Carolina, whose generous gift made the publication of this book possible, and to our ongoing book publishing partner, the creative services firm, Faith Lab. Good Faith Media believes it's important to nurture faith regardless of one's age or experience. So in addition to this fine book and many others, we offer the weekly lectionary-based Nurturing Faith Bible Studies for Adults and Youth by Dr. Tony Cartledge. So to discover all the resources offered from daily news and opinion to podcasts and videos to in-person experiences to Nurturing Faith Journal, Bible studies and books, visit goodfaithmedia.org.